Let your mercy, O Lord, be upon us. Rejoice in the Lord, all you righteous. The reading is from St. Paul's letter to the Romans. Brethren, glory and honor and peace for everyone who does good, the Jew first and also the Greek, for God shows no partiality. All who have sinned without the law will also perish without the law, and all who have sinned under the law will be judged by the law. For it is not the hearers of the law who are righteous before God, but the doers of the law who will be justified. When Gentiles who have not the law do by nature what the law requires, they are a law to themselves even though they do not have the law. They show that what the law requires is written on their hearts, while their conscience also bears witness, and their conflicting thoughts accuse or perhaps excuse them on the day when, according to my gospel, God judges the secrets of men by Christ Jesus. Peace be to you, the reader. Wisdom arise, let us hear the Holy Gospel. Peace be with you all. The reading is from the Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew. At that time, as Jesus walked by the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, who is called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea. For they were fishermen, and he said to them, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Immediately they left their nets and followed him. And going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James the son of Zebedee, and John his brother, in the boat with Zebedee their father, mending their nets, and he called them. Immediately they left their boat and their father and followed him. And he went about all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom. 
in healing every disease and every infirmity among the people. Good morning. Most of us, when we were kids, played sports or games with the other kids our age, whether at school or in our neighborhood. Do you remember when we would pick teams? Remember how it worked? It usually worked like this. There would be a captain for each team, usually the oldest kid and the the best players, right? And then the two captains would take turns picking who would be on, on, on their team. Usually, the best players were picked first, and uh, more times than I care to admit, the worst players, like me and the youngest, were picked last. It almost always happened, happened like that. Picking teams was often a somewhat humiliating experience. Usually the fastest, strongest, tallest, and oldest were picked first, while the weaker and younger were picked last. Christ, too, picked who, who would be on his team. Christ picked the 12 disciples. Today, in the Gospel reading, we read about the calling of the disciples Peter, Andrew, James, and John. A disciple, or mathitis, is a follower or student of someone. When Christ chose his own disciples, it seemed odd to some. One famous biblical scholar wrote about Christ choosing his own disciples. He wrote, quote, To a Jewish audience, the dynamics of the call of the first disciples would have seemed unusual. It was customary in Jewish circles that disciples should search out a teacher. Here, however, Jesus takes the initiative by choosing and summoning those whom he wanted to be his disciples, unquote. The normal order, then, was reversed. The teacher chose his disciples rather than the students choosing a teacher. Christ picked his own team. This team, his disciples, seemed unlikely. Christ didn't choose biblical scholars or what they called the scribes and lawyers at his time to be the 12 disciples. He didn't even choose educated people. He chose simple fishermen to be on his team. He called them to be a part of his team, 
although they didn't seem to have the qualifications to spread the message of the gospel to the world. They were fishermen. As we read in the Acts of the Apostles, they're also uneducated. Yet Christ chose them to be on his team. Christ saw their potential. Christ entrusted them to preach the gospel to the entire world. And they responded with faith. Today, we too are chosen by God. We are part of his team. We are part of his church. Often, however, we want to stay on the sidelines. We often want to remain bench warmers. We don't want to go out on the field and play. We're scared. We lack self-confidence to contribute to the team. We lack self-confidence to help spread the gospel. For example, we often neglect inviting others, even our own relatives, to church. Sometimes we are too afraid to say anything. In fact, one recent study found that 98% of churchgoers never extend an invitation to others in a given year. When team members stay on the sidelines, the whole team suffers. But Christ doesn't want us to stay on the sidelines. He doesn't want us to be bench warmers. We are part of his holy church. We are part of his royal priesthood. We are part of his team. Although we might not be the fastest, the strongest, or the most educated, God can work miracles through us, as he did with his disciples. God can work through us to bring others to him. God can work miracles through us. One modern example of a missionary miracle is the growth of the church in the African country of Kenya. It was estimated by the Orthodox Christian Mission Center in 1991 that were, there were about 20,000 to 40,000 Orthodox Christians in Kenya. That was 1991. In 2010, the Pew Research Center estimated about 650 thousand Orthodox Christians were in Kenya at the time. That's a growth of about 15 times over 25 years. Imagine if that happened in Minnesota. Imagine the potential our community has. God can help us. When we invite others to church, we too can see church growth. Very little church growth comes from the priest. In fact, one broad study of 50,000 church visitors in the United States found that 75 to 90% of the visitors to a church said they visited the church because someone had invited them. Another study found that 86% of visitors came to church because a friend or a relative invited them. The author of that study suggested that perhaps one of the most underestimated reasons people return to the church is that simply that someone invited him or her back. 
The power of inviting a friend or relative should not be underestimated. We might not be called to be missionaries in Africa, but we are all called to share our faith. An important way to do this is to invite relatives and friends to church. When Christ chose his team of disciples to spread the gospel message, he didn't choose the smartest, the most eloquent, or the most famous. He chose fishermen to be on his team. God's team is not only apostles and priests. He calls all of us to share his gospel in one way or another with those who surround us. I ask all of you to reach out to some relative or friend this summer and invite him or her to church. Don't sit on the sidelines, but be a part of the team to build up this holy church Please invite someone to come to church with you. God bless you all.